0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Startup Sales. Really excited for this uh, this week's episode uh, with Jason Wilmot. He's a growth hacker and he's gonna give us a lot, of, uh, a lot of good tips and things on how we could grow our business through growth hacking. He's uh, actually a school teacher that's gone into growth hacking a while ago and has done really well. And he's helped companies build uh, seven and eight figure funnels. So it's really impressive. We're gonna learn a lot from him and let's get to today's episode Jason, thanks for joining us today.
1: Adam, thank you for having me. I appreciate, uh, appreciate this opportunity to just speak with you and your audience. So thanks for, thanks for having me.
0: So how did you go from a a school teacher into growth hacking? School,
1: uh, many, many, um, many, I I should say it's, it's stumbling forward, failing for many a way. So yeah, I was a school teacher. I taught for eight years. Um, actually really, really liked my job. Um. You know, but looking back, it was it was still a job. I was still working for somebody else. Um, you know, and at the time that 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 was fine because I enjoyed working with the students that I had. So, um, so I taught for eight years. I taught fourth grade for six years, uh, which is a pretty good age to be teaching kids. because you know you can like, hey, can you go do that? You can talk to them like a little adult, you know, or a little human where uh, they have some independence. Um, but then I did that for, for six years and and for a number of reasons, I kind of skipped out of that or, or chose to kind of move out of that. Um, and for the last two years I was teaching, um, I was teaching computer science and during that time I was getting my master's degree in administration and, um, you know, just to kind of give you a little bit of context of this, uh, during the time though, just like I was always frustrated in the educational setting because I don't feel like you know being in the market now. It's hard to understand who the customer is in uh, in you know public education. I don't want to. I'm not you know <laughs> I come out come out swinging at public education. I don't mean that, but like the customer is the kids, and they should have way more say in everything that they do. And um, I really took that into account going into my final two years of of teaching. So. Uh, there was like a there was a confluence of a lot of things during that uh, during that kind of transition time. One, um, I actually like got into a a pretty serious uh, biking accident. I used to cycle to work, um, got hit by an automobile, and you know we don't have to get into that really. But during that time, I was out of work, um, and this was my sixth year of teaching, and. I couldn't do a whole lot, like like I wore sunglasses inside, like it was not good, like I had a traumatic brain injury, I was going through a a roundabout and some car pulled out in front of me, I T-boned him, I hit my head um, and I was pretty much out of work for the next three months after that Um, and kind of what I did during that time to just uh, recover, recuperate, was write, was think, um, even though I couldn't do a whole lot and kind of the more that I thought about it, the more that I realized I didn't really like what I was doing. Um, or i didn't like uh the fact that you know i was handed a notebook and like hey read this read do this and I, I like i wanted to serve my customers i wanted to have a cool place for kids to learn and so i had this opportunity to hop into this computer science curriculum where there wasn't a whole lot of curriculum at the time um and so i like lo and behold i got to i pitched this uh uh this professor so i'm I'm here in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, middle of the United States. If you've ever heard of it, congratulations. There's not a whole lot of folks <laughs> who've visited Nebraska or been to Nebraska. But anyways, we've got we've got good people here. And so I I told this this uh, professor, I was like, hey, what do you think about teaching kids with Minecraft? What would that look like? And like the guy was just like, Yep, I'm sold on it already. His kids played Minecraft, like my kids were starting to dabble in it in the classroom. And so we were like trying to like think through how could we actually teach kids through this platform? And that kind of unwrapped like the next two years of what I was doing in the computer science classroom, where we were spinning up servers, kids were learning how to, to interact with people. And this was a high, this like, this was a high um, immigrant uh, school is a title one is poor school. And what's cool about a platform like Minecraft is like all the kids are equal. Doesn't matter if you speak English or not. Doesn't matter at all if you're like fresh off the the plane or ship. Like we had kids all the time. They could come in and they could immerse themselves in this this new world. Um, and it was during that time that uh, I started sharing a little bit about what I was doing. So I started sharing on Twitter, um, and I had some good big companies kind of take notice uh, i won ten thousand dollars for my school from an organization called code.org um and then later on in the year i was recognized by apple um uh as being a distinguished educator not a whole lot of you know teachers in the world can lay claim to that Like so that's a pretty select that's a pretty select group and i feel good about that but the whole point being like while i'm in this um I feel like, okay, this is a little bit more about what education should be, like where kids are discovering they're learning on their own. This is applicable to them. Uh, this this makes sense to them. And then, kind of behind all of this, the whole backstory was, um, and maybe this is more information than what your listeners, you know are interested. In, but this was a driving force behind all of this. Like, like I said, there was a confluence of uh, or confluence of things happening my wife and I were struggling with infertility for years. Um, Like we had been married at this point, it was eight years and we just still hadn't had kids. And we'd gone through IVF, um, which failed the first time that we went through it. Um, And that's like, that's the story in and of itself. That's ups and downs and highs and lows and all this case. But like point being, um, this eighth year of teaching we finally got pregnant and it was it was like all of these good things were going for us um, you know I, I'd finished my admin degree I could probably get a admin degree pretty easily um, I had a lot of good recognition things were going well but ultimately kind of what I decided or why my, my wife and I decided was like if we want to do anything else now is the time to do it right now is the time to make this 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 jump. Um and I feel like this is probably very similar to a lot of people who are listening like it, it, there's there comes a point in time where you decided like nope I'm going to make this 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 leap off of the cliff I'm going to make this plane fly it's not flying I got to figure it out on the way down and you know that that was kind of the the struggle now I wish I could say that I had like this beautiful like the plane took off right away and everything was fine mm-hmm. but like no it, it wasn't I struggled but I got right into after I, uh, I quit my job, I got right into digital marketing because I was pretty I was pretty good with, you know, either websites or automation and stuff like this. Um, um, and I started doing anything and everything for folks, uh, where I, uh, it was building websites. I was doing social media optimization. I was doing blog writing, SEO, keyword research, you name it. Like in the digital marketing world, I was probably doing it, but what I wasn't doing was I wasn't working towards a good business plan and I, um, I was too concerned with making money rather than solving problems. Right. So what is my niche? What is the, what is the area that I can go in and solve problems and go solve expensive problems? And like, lo and behold, like this is, this is, this is kind of like, it's almost too good to be true. Like I get this random call on Skype someday, like I'm 16 months into uh, this entrepreneurship thing where I'm hustling and I'm using entrepreneurship life hashtags on Instagram, uh, where you wake up scared every single day. um, but anyways, uh, what kind of what I realized during this time I got, I got the phone call and this gentleman was looking for somebody who was an ex teacher and an, an, edu- an educator who knew digital marketing. and I got to the startup. it was a it, it was um, a Japanese startup run by a data a data engineer um, out of MIT he was Canadian. and this was the aha that I got. It was okay companies want growth. they'll pay for growth. If I can be the person who brings businesses qualified leads and I can prove that they come from me, then that is worth everything in the world to them. And so all of a sudden I had this idea of, okay, here is, here's what businesses want. They want growth. Can I bring it to them? Can I prove that it's coming from me? And when you can do that, then that makes, you know, an incredible that that makes an incredible uh you know, relationship between you and the client because it's good. It's it's just good for them. It's good for you, and so they'll you, you know you help them grow. You get compensated, and ever since that, like that was the aha that kind of sent me on the path of this growth hacking uh, journey. I probably got a little bit off uh, point there, but <laughs> kind of trying to like wrap all of that together for you. So, all right. So,
0: so then let's look at it this way. Then, what do what is growth hacking, and and how why do companies and startups need it?
1: Uh, that's a really, you know, it's that's a big question to to answer. But I think the simplif the way that I view it is this: like when it comes down to growth hacking, growth hacking in my mind are trackable, scalable, automated systems of growth. So you have to be able to track it, right? You you can't just a blog post is not growth hacking, right? But you can use a blog post in order to measure the traffic coming in from it, measure the the, the options, the conversions. Um, the way that I kind of think about this is I going back to my initial journey of, I was doing anything and everything for businesses. I was putting out content. It was kind of this death by doing. And when you flip it, and you start thinking about growth hacking, it's more about asymmetrical output how can I maximize the output, the effectiveness of this with minimizing the time? And um, it comes down to, can I track it? Can I scale it? And then can I automate it? And the biggest way that I like to use that is normally with paid ad advertising. It doesn't have to be through paid ads, but paid ads, what I found over the course, you know, the past five years of, you know, helping businesses build seven figure funnels and eight figure funnels, like, Paid ads are the the thing. They're trackable. You know your ROI down to the penny. Often they're scalable. If if, if an ad or inbound ad or something is something that's working, you just turn up the money, right? And then they're automated. You don't, you know, like you are not putting out if it's if you make video ads, for example, you're not live talking in front of the video. Like you record it, you put it out there, and people respond to it. And if it's good, then you automate it. Like so, those are like the real key things that I come down to when it, when it's talking about growth hacking. And the beautiful part about just paid ads is paid ads, like they're on your phone. Like if you, if you go to a website, they're going to hit you your phone up. They're going to get on your display the, 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 the ecosystem that people are involved in, especially now, like they're just in front of their device. Can you put your brand in front of them and can you measure it and track it and scale it and paid ads is really, really, really hard to beat. Um, and okay, so, so where do I, what are, where do I start if I want to
0: start using uh, paid ads as great. my
1: company? Yeah. Great question. Okay. So what I normally suggest to businesses is this, like you have, you don't, you don't, and being, so I've done growth hacking in several different verticals industries. Like I've done e-commerce, I've done SaaS, I've done service-based. And I I really, really appreciate all of them because what I've learned from e-commerce is that you, there's intent, right? You have an intent to buy. And so you have to start thinking about what intent somebody Um, So let's just say we're doing a traditional website where there's like a, a, a service, right? So it's the call to action user is either, you know, book a call, request a quote, something like that. The very first actionable thing that I would say is like, listen, your business, your website, it's on your business cards. It's on every single marketing material that you've ever put out. Start first by advertising to the people who've already been to your website right? I guarantee, guarantee. Yeah. Remarketing or retargeting, like depends on what platform you're on. But yeah, it's like, I guarantee people have been on your website. They've started filling out the contact us form, but for some reason they bounced, right? There is intent. So if you can start understanding how people are displaying intent on your own website, then that's where you start you that's the that's the lowest hanging fruit like i would never turn on new traffic to a client or to my own website without retargeting in place because you're already paying money to get them into your funnel let's say that they're 95 percent there they just need like a final push that's what retargeting and remarketing uh do
0: okay so you you retarget them how do do you do that you uh is there like tools that you use or
1: yeah so i think there's a lot of there's a you know, and I should first address people like "Ah, retargeting doesn't work. Okay. Retargeting works, right? It it works. Yes. You can drive up your costs and you can spend endless amount of money trying to retarget the wrong people. Right. But, but, but there's beautiful parts about retargeting specifically when it comes to platforms. So Facebook is King when it comes to retargeting, you know, if that's your demographic, you know Um, if it's a younger demographic, you might have to hop on Instagram and other things, but Facebook is incredible for remarketing and retargeting. Um, Instagram is incredible as well. But here's where you start to get into other platforms. You can use settings on YouTube if you use a CPV setting. If you go in, you create a campaign. I'll just tell you how to What's do it right now. Easy? Uh, cost per view, I believe. So you go in with a campaign. Um, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to maximize the time in front of somebody before you get charged. So typically somebody, you could get charged on YouTube when somebody uh, just views your video for a, a number of seconds. There's certain there's certain uh, settings within YouTube where if you create a campaign under the CPV setting, you get a full 29 seconds of free video in front of somebody. And the second they hit 30 seconds, then that's when you're charged and you're gonna get charged like, seven cents, eight cents, you know, and I don't know any business out there who wouldn't pay seven or eight cents to have a full 30 seconds. And on top of that, you can just keep on talking. So I run YouTube ads and on average, I put out like a three or four, maybe six minute video and 20% of people watch that all the way through. So you have like, you can understand the benefits of that Google Display Ads, for example, you never get charged on Google Display Ads until somebody clicks, so you can have impressions all day long. So there's really good hacks to each of these platforms, and so like yes, yeah, start with YouTube retargeting. That that's a money maker, and you don't have to be you don't have to have some professional video at all. You just have to be able to look into your phone and use something like the the who what why how method. Who are you? What do you have? Why does the 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 uh, you know the viewer need it? And then how do they get it? And even just like get in front of a phone and say that, like, that's incredible. And to that point, um, you know, just after doing a lot of ads for a lot of people, so I've probably spent about $500,000 on paid ad platforms for myself and all my clients and everything, well, way more of my clients. Right. Um, <laughs> point being, um, you would not believe like just the amount of ads out there are just people holding their phones and people find that really, really engaging. They find it authentic. Um, Personally. and so yeah exactly exactly and so you don't have to have like this you know creative agency drum you up a, an incredible video like obviously those are important when you need them but if you are a startup if you are just getting started like the threshold is set so low for you like just do google display ads they're free until somebody clicks do youtube you get 29 seconds of audio for, free, or video and audio for free. And then Facebook and Instagram, you're going to get, start getting charged there, but, uh, you'll probably find your most, uh, yeah, your best leads, uh, your best bang for your buck with Facebook and, and Instagram. And yeah, there's, you can get into LinkedIn, but that's a little bit harder. You got to have to add a lot more traffic to your website. So anyways, that's where I would start. And that's where all of your, I would encourage anyone and everyone to start with that.
0: And so what do you put in the video though? Like do you just say, Hey guys, look at our website. Look how cool we are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just that. Hey guys, this is me. No, I mean, you have to be able to speak to, uh, so are you, I think this is, I feel like I'm shouting into the mic. So sorry about that, Adam. Um, I get a little, I get a little excited excited here. Um, Yeah, no, I think like, so, there are good scripts that you need to follow you need to like put in hooks you need to present an offer to somebody if you're on youtube you actually need to tell them to click through like audibly um i think the platform so to your point the the question is you know what do we say to them well it's different on youtube than it is on facebook i think right because on youtube people are already in this like posture of consumption, they're already ready to listen. So if somebody's listening to this on YouTube, you know, their audio is on, they know that they're going to get hit with an ad. So if you can use that first five seconds to draw them in with like a, you know, you can address their need, um, then you can continue to just serve them value throughout your video. You know, Facebook and Instagram, it's a little bit harder. You're stopping somebody from scrolling. So maybe it has to be a little bit more dynamic. Um, Maybe you just have to, um, you know, put a different, spin on it. But ultimately, like, I just like the the method of who are you? What do you have? Why does somebody need it? And then how do they get it? Like, that's a really good, simple format for for a video, uh, or for an ad. You're you know, like, you my name is Jason.
0: all that I'm sorry. I you were probably just it depends. Say,
1: do you want to address that all in like the first three, five seconds? Oh, they're hard to do in the first three to five seconds. So I think also it's important just to understand, is this a retargeting ad or is this a first time, right? So if it's retargeting, they're already familiar with you. They've already come to your website. So they're already a little bit more warmed up. And I actually kind of, in my retargeting videos, I drop the fourth wall because it's like, I'm te- I teach people how to do this, right? And so it's like, hey, this is a retargeting remarketing video. Did you know that you can use platforms like this to put your message out in front of people on autopilot? And it's just like, so you have to understand what, you know what this viewer is actually interested in and so they came to your website for a reason they want to learn more and here is your chance to serve them so i think the first five seconds you have to kind of hook them and then you got up to about 30 seconds where you can you know continue to layer on value and if they skip for any reason like you're not getting charged Uh, and you know perhaps they weren't interested anyways or perhaps it's just not a very good ad so there's always that too like crafting a good ad, ad is content they were watching <laughs> exactly exactly like hey i want to watch hot ones or whatever they're you know whatever they're doing on, on youtube so shout out to hot ones i don't know
0: <laughs> i don't even know what a hot one is
1: <laughs> you'll have to it's it's uh it's celebrities eating spicy chicken wings that's that's about as easy as i can put it so it's it's a good one
0: sounds like a a good (laughs) good place to to put my time (laughs) exactly now that i say that out loud i'm like okay all right all right (laughs) all right i'm embarrassed i know what that is (laughs) (laughs) all right cool so so what's next I've got ads. I've got the video ads out there on, on the different platforms. What what do Good. I
1: need to have okay. after? That? Well, I mean, if we're, if we're getting technical, what I do long before I even set up retargeting. So there's three stages that I like to build all of the funnels that I work in. It's tracking, retargeting, and then you put in the inbound. So you have to understand tracking across your your website. And what I mean by tracking are when people come to your website you have to identify, like, what is the main thing that you want them to do? What is your KPI? What are you trying to? What are you trying to grow? Right? The key to your business growing is more is your KPI, right? So, on your website, Adam, it's contact us. I would imagine the more people that contact you, the greater you know, the greater it is that your the greater the chances that your bottom line is going to grow, right? Yeah. And so, what we have to do is we have to understand how to measure the contact us, right? We have to understand how to do that on Google analytics, first of all. We have to understand how to pass that information to Facebook, how to pass that information to Twitter, to LinkedIn, to YouTube, to Google ads, whatever you're like throwing traffic in, we have to be able to end the loop, right? So, um, so this is where, and this is where like a lot of people's eyes glaze over and like, oh God, this tracking thing, this isn't important. It's like, no, this is the difference, right? Because this is where everybody quits. OK, they start they start throwing money online like, hey, Facebook ads are working or Google ads are working like, OK, great. Which ones are working? You're like, I don't know, but let's keep spending money because it's working. Right. So when you set up tracking properly across all of these channels, like you're you're identifying your KPI or your, you know, your main KPIs, there might be more than one. But let's just say this is like acquisition. You're just trying to acquire this lead. Let's just keep it as simple as that. You want to set up all of your tracking systems. You want to make sure that you've got goals created in Google Analytics. You have conversions created in Facebook, conversions created in Google Ads. And the best way that I do that is with Google Tag Manager. I would highly encourage everyone listening to use Google Tag Manager because it's free. You should be able to kind of replace an expensive back-end web developers who are trying to do this for you. Like Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager is the thing that set me free and really, really allowed me to grow in all of this. And so you have to understand how you can actually track this because when we start turning on traffic, even retargeting from YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, you need to know how much money you're spending, right? You need to know like YouTube we spent this much, Facebook we spent this much, and when you set up your tracking, you should know your ROI down to the penny. Like, and so that gives you that ability right back to the beginning of what you said. Like, is it trackable? Yes. Can we scale it? Yes. Like, okay, then let's automate it. Let's just turn up the YouTube ads. And so you start with tracking and then you layer on retargeting and then you start worrying about kind of the, the, the fresh inbound, you know, top of funnel first touch sort of, sort of pieces. So.
0: Sounds really scary. (laughs) Sounds like a lot. How long, if I'm a fresh, you know, fresh meat, I don't know anything.
1: Uh, how long would it take me to learn and, and implement this? Um, it, it depends on who you, where you go to learn it, right? Um, I think that's a big key. So I've spent a lot of money actually reverse engineering audits. Like I paid $6,500 for a Google Tag Manager audit um, to re-engineer, to understand what was and really like, set me on this path. It is difficult. Like It's technical, but it's teachable. Right. But again, this is where everybody quits. And yeah. here's the, here's the, here's if you, if you can be the one who doesn't quit and you implement this, like, I mean, I feel like anybody can do this with the proper layout, the pl- proper training in a week or two weeks, right? You can set all of this up um, retargeting, remarketing, the tracking. Like, it's what I do for businesses. I just set up their tracking, I set up their remarketing and the retargeting. Like, that's what most businesses hire me to do. Right so you're trying to understand like you know your kpi it's contact us right and so you're trying to set up your tracking across all these things normally um you use a url like i'm the the easiest way and here's another little hack i should say for your audience if somebody here's how to track what is happening on your website so let's say that you have a contact us button you have a request a quote button that opens up a form when that form is complete, please don't have it collapse and not redirect to a new page. Have it redirect to a new page. Okay. A page that somebody cannot organically navigate to. And so in your Google Analytics, th- like this is a this is the power of thank you pages right here. So in your Google Analytics, you say, hey, anybody who has hit this thank you page, we know that they they through my funnel and they hit this thank you page. You can't organically navigate to it you have to come in you have to hit this button you have to submit it and then if that url reads in your browser then we're going to tell facebook we're going to tell youtube we're going to tell google whatever it is we're going to tell google analytics this person hit this and so the very first spot to start would be create a thank you page and if you can start mapping who's coming to your thank you page and that's going to give you like a lot of insight so that's where the scary part is now if you're in SaaS, you're probably going to want to use something like an event your CTO probably knows what an event is, and if they don't know what an event is, maybe you're in the wrong relationship with the CTO. Um, an event is basically being like, okay, let's say you don't want to re- you don't want to fire a conversion on some thank you page URL. You want to fire an event when they click this button, right? It gets a little bit more interesting. Seen in SaaS, but they normally tend to get it a little bit quicker. Uh, but like in the service-based industry um, or mine, or where there's a simple call to action, like it, it's very—it's not hard to track if you're using a dedicated page for you, all of your conversions. Did did I clean that? Did I clean that up a little bit?
0: Yes, that, that makes sense.
1: Okay, good, <laughs> good, good.
0: All right, and so most of the, most of the listeners are are SaaS and or tech founders, so I, I think they, they follow along with you on the event side. Good,
1: good. No, and I've, I've worked with folks who, you know, you don't, they, they haven't used that, and that's, like, but that would be the very first thing that you need to do, and um, if they're, you know, as long as they're they're listening, like, I'm assuming most of them um, are using CRMs. You know, you, you can use these things called UTMs, which are uh, Urchin Tracking Module Links. Basically, it's like this. Okay, so... If you send in a click to your website, just like hactics.com for my example, or let's go startupsales.io, okay? Um, And they hit your website, can you actually track what that person is doing once they get onto your website? If you're not using UTMs, you can't. So UTMs are basically these, these pieces that allow you to pass in more layers of information with all of your inbound clicks. And if people opt in, you can actually pass that into your CRM. And so you know, kind of what people are doing when they're on your website when they're opting in that goes into your crm whether you're using intercom or salesforce or whatever like you can pass all that information through and that gives you like there's the tracking right you know without a doubt that this person came from this ad and that allows you to start spending more money to where you're acquiring the most uh visitors or users or leads you know whatever whatever uh terminology you're using for that
0: uh, It's interesting okay so it, i couldn't agree more you know as a salesperson getting being able to track where where the user came from what what they did on the website it helps me so much when i'm going to approach them because it will change my approach on knowing where they are and who they are and so that's a really key point that you just said and i, I really want to emphasize that, that that's an important aspect to to set up for your salespeople.
1: people mm-hmm. mm-hmm all right well, if if can i bounce on that one more time Yeah. So the tracking is the component that will set you free. Like the proof is the biggest aspect that most businesses don't know that they can track their ROI down to the penny. Right. And if once you can do that, that just allows you to start spending more money because Google, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, like they're all pay to play platforms. So you have to pay money. So like mistakes, they literally cost you money, right? They literally cost you time. They literally cost you money, but where the people who who excel in this game are, is they can just track their ROI. They just know. Like so, I I I worked with a client. Um, let me let me just let me just hop into like a success story. So um, I had a client, and I can say his name. His name is Matt Rennerfeld. He runs Alpha Brewing Operations. I started working with him, and his business was um, revenueing fourteen million dollars a year, which is great. You know, nothing to shake a stick at. That's like pretty darn good. But he didn't have a funnel. And, um, once we implemented a funnel form, uh, I helped this business grow by $10 million in one year because we knew where the leads were coming in. We knew what we could scale. We put retargeting videos in front of people. Like we, so sometimes without a funnel, you're actually losing more money, which is crazy. You, You have a successful business, but you don't have this automated sales funnel. You're not passing any of this into your CRM. You're just, you can really increase your bottom line by layering in these this, this money. And he knew like for every, you know, dollar you're spending, you can return five or you can return 10. I've got another client. Um, I helped this business grow and I can't like take credit for, for this at all, but like I helped them build this tracking and remarketing retargeting and all of this stuff. Like he was spending $2,000 a month. And this is a SaaS company, $2,000 a month, and now he's spending $50,000 a month on ads because he can track exactly like, oh, give Facebook money and that just prints me more, right? <laughs> like that's the beauty behind paid ads and growth hacking. and it, But it all boils down to tracking. And if you're not tracking, then you're you're still flying blind at the end of the day. So, sorry, I had to get that in there, so.
0: <laughs> oh, it's good. And it's really motivating because it's, it shows that it, this stuff works as well. You know, I mean, obviously it... it it works. Google wouldn't have a business. Facebook wouldn't have a business if it didn't, but like hearing like that these businesses are actually making it work and it's not just the large enterprises. You could, mm-hmm. that you could do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I just ran a six month report for an e-com client and they are, they're in the automotive industry. They make an automotive part. They're manufacturing and they're selling direct to consumer. And so they've got really good margins. And we spent, $7,000 on Facebook ads and a revenued $123,000. Like it's really hard to beat that. Like I don't, you know, people people may like say like naysay say growth hacking and like what that's all about it's just like how how else could you do that? Like it's going to be hard to like do mailers, right? Or like <laughs> TV ads to do that. It's like no, it's like it's real time direct response marketing. I see that this is working. I can just crank the budget. Yeah. And yeah, it's there's like it's not as easy as that. You got to put out good ads and stuff like that, but you're you're right. Like if you have a good message, if you have if you know your niche, if you know your message and you can like what's scary about all of these platforms is how much they know about us, right? Um, and so they're putting this message in front of us and it's so compelling because they're like, yeah, that resonates with us because it knows everything about us. So, uh, so are we empowering these platforms by paying the money? I, I, you know, that's kind of the, that's the other thing that I don't, that's the negative side about all of this. Um, but I think, you know, at at the same time, I can't focus on that. Like I can focus on a lot of people that have helped their lives are better, you know, their, their customers are happier they're having better better product you know you, you when you have margins in your business you can give a better product you can have more customer support so like y- you have to focus on those aspects of it so
0: we all choose to have uh facebook on our phone anyway so that allows them to listen yes to that's us, true everything.
1: <laughs> oh
0: so, gosh uh, jason yes. this has been really helpful and yeah. i think we could probably speak for five six hours just to get into a a, a tenth of of what you sure. know sure (laughs) but uh really appreciate you coming in and and sharing with us how can people reach out to you and and learn more
1: about what you're doing sure so they can visit my so thank you for asking first of all adam uh and thanks for having me on so uh they can learn more about me at my website uh, hactics.com h-a-c-k-t-i-c-s.com or jason Um, But basically I, i teach people how to do this so i kind of wear two hats where i'm coaching uh or i'm consulting and the other half uh, i'm coaching and i put out tons of information on my youtube channel and blog so if you want to know more about this it doesn't have to cost you anything you can just look at the resources um that i've that i've put out and and then be retargeted (laughs) and then you know you know it man like you know it that's 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 the way it works i i eat my own dog food um that's yeah you have to right you have to so
0: excellent jason thanks again it was really really great
1: Adam, thanks for having me on, sir. I do appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Contact Adam about speaking engagements or consulting services at adam at startupsales.io.